Ladies and gentlemen, welcome <laughs> to another fantastic episode of your favorite podcast. Welcome to. And as usual, we got the singing mic. Woo, woo, woo. You want to get on that singing mic? See, that's why you should have had the headphones on. We're done. <laughs> Start with that. I just offended people right off the bat. It's all good. Uh, anyways, welcome to the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, the very funny and talented uh, Mr. Gary Owen. Thank you. If there was like people here, they would be. You're welcome, Eric. Be, oh, brother. You're here welcome. We go. Here we go, everybody. Another person that. <laughs> my podcast is about to blow up with Watch the- <laughs> this. Watch these numbers. <laughs> <laughs> the Gary Owen influence. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's funny. I'm glad you're on because um, it's like it's one of these things where we know each other, but we don't uh-huh. know each other. Right. You know, right. like I don't really know your story. I don't know where you're from. I don't know where, you know, I don't know where you started. I just I've just have seen you over the years. You know, you just that guy. You know what I mean? So where we where's meet? home? I don't even know where we met. It's probably at some show or something like that, right? Well, it must have been a Fat Tuesday or something. Something black. <laughs> something, yeah, obviously something black. I am not the mainstream guy. <laughs> I don't even know anybody at the comedy store. I know. It's funny. When you were there that time, I, you know, I thought when you were there and you were kind of walking around, I was thinking to myself, man, this is crazy because you've had like such a tremendous career already. And then here you are at this like mainstream club that like everybody thinks this is where comedy is. And it's like, you're not, you're not necessarily necessarily there you know it's just proof that you can make it into business in any any sort of way you know yeah I, mean? I was anonymous uh with the door guy yeah yeah they were just like, he straight stopped me yeah <laughs> i walked by like i wasn't walking by like you have to know who i am yeah i walked by like oh yeah i'm, I'm here everyone's it's a comedy club i should be good yeah. and then he was like yo 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 yo. and then somebody else would be like no no he's good and yeah. it was funny because i was like Oh, smack. I am really out the loop at the I comedy know. store. Oh, that's a, dude, you know what just happened to me? My, my parents just moved to Oxnard. So they moved literally almost across the street from the, the, um, the Levity Live out in Oxnard. I've never been there. Have you performed there? I've performed there a couple of times, but not that weekend. But but I've performed there a few times. I've done like a night. I said, let me, I was preparing for a special, so they let me do a night. Mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, Sean Williams was there, you know, and uh, who do you have out, out there? Suli. Was opening for him. Really, Suli? Yeah, so Suli's out there selling t-shirts and stuff. And so I go, where's Sean? Let me go say hi to him. So I go to, in the club, I go to the green room. I'm about to knock on the door when the security's like, hey, man, excuse me. (laughs) You know, can I help? You know, and then the other guy was there. They were like surrounding me like, yo, what's up, crazy dude? And then I was like, "Ah, I mean, I'm not saying you're supposed to know who I am, but like, you don't know nothing at all. Like, yeah. you, you know what I mean? Like, workaholics, nothing. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, and then, like, Sean, he opened the door, and Sean's like, hey, man, what's going on? And I looked at this dude like, I can't wait till I'm headlining here because I'm going to be talking about this. <laughs> well, I don't want to story top you. Go, go ahead. But uh, Yes, you do. <laughs> I, no, I got, a, I got a great one where I got stopped and almost got banned from the club off a complete misunderstanding. Uh-huh. I was at the Columbus Funny Bone. And I'll never forget as long as I live. Because it was the night Yao Ming was playing Shaq. So Houston was playing the Lakers for the first time. Like, Yao was against Shaq that night. That's how long ago this was. Right. And I'm literally, I'm there in like three months. Never been to Columbus Funny Bone. I'm in Columbus. I walk in. And I figured I would get stopped at some point. I wasn't like a household name. Right, right, right. 
So the Columbus Funnel had the front bar and they had these swinging doors to the showroom. Yes. So I walked through the swinging door expecting to get stopped. Like somebody's going to stop me and I can, hey, I'm here in a couple months. I just want to say hi and, mm-hmm. and see what the room looked like. It's really all I was stopping in were to see what the room looked like. And I don't even know who, it wasn't a big headliner that night. I don't even know who it was. And when I hit that first swinging door, man, this one guy was like, hey, man, hey. And so I yell and I go, yo, like my hands are up. <laughs> so they escort me out, right? And now I go, hey, man, I just, I'm coming here in a couple months. I just want to say hi to the manager. And I just want to see the club. I said, I did not want to see. I'm not trying to get free drinks or free food. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I stood at the bar for a good 15, 20 minutes waiting on the manager to come out, right? And the bartender goes, who are you again? And I go, uh, my name's Gary Owen. He goes, and what do you do? I said, well, I'm coming here a couple months. He goes, now I know you're lying. I book all the comics. The bartender said that. And right. I went, what? And I go, so I, I think I got, got a man. I go, you're the bartender. <laughs> <laughs> like, I know my agency is not calling you. Just yeah. off appearance alone. I know they're not calling you to book me. And then the manager comes out and she says, you know, and, I, and we have a cordial conversation. Yeah. And I said, I honestly just want to see the room. That's uh-huh. it. I didn't know this was going to be this big of a deal. If it is, yeah. I'll leave. So she escorts me into the, the showroom. I sit there for five minutes. Right. Take off, right? I get a call from my agent Monday. I go, what happened to Columbus Funny Bone? I go, what do you mean? <laughs> they go, they said you came. The way they made it sound to my agent was I kicked the door in yeah. and went, you motherfucker don't know me? <laughs> you don't know who I am? And I was like, dude, that is not what happened. Yeah. And even... Uh, the the GM uh, Dave Stroop who owns it yeah Dave yeah so Dave was the one that called is like uh, I'm canceling Gary Owen tell him to get his ego under control blah, oh blah. my and, and my God. agent at the time was Nick Nusaforo who is now my current agent that's what's crazy how this business is uh-huh. he goes uh, that doesn't sound like Gary at all so Nick calls and I tell him what happened he calls Dave and we get it worked out so I come a few months later and when I'm supposed to come yeah, right how was that. And it was great. Stroop was funny. He picked me up in the morning for press. I still haven't been in the club yet. So we have a great day of press. And, he, and I go, hey, man, do you want to dress the elephant in the car? And he goes, I did. <laughs> he goes, but I wanted to fill you out first. And then when I tell the story, he goes, okay, your story makes more sense than the story that I heard. Yeah. And then he's the one that told me, he goes, they they made it sound like you came in and Bruce Lee the door. Boom. Yeah. And it was like, who, who the fuck doing comedy You motherfuckers here? don't know me. Yeah. I, you know, and he goes, that makes more sense. I go, dude, I literally, I was expecting to get stopped, but I just didn't see anybody in the bar to stop him, to stop me. So when I opened the swinging door, I figured eventually right. someone's going to be like, who are you? And yeah, then I yeah, can yeah. tell them who I am. But, but I didn't get stopped. I got like, yo, like, Secure and the, when I tell you that there is no um turnover at that club, it's the same manager, Mimi, it's yeah, the same yeah, big yeah. black bouncer. Yeah. And I don't think it was them, I think it was probably the bartender or somebody else. He said I, he got he got like three different stories from the staff, whereas my story made the most sense. It kind of tied it all, Put it together. all together. Well, that's what you do in stories. Yeah. Well, I yeah. don't want to one up your story. Okay. <laughs> I got shot. <laughs> No, no, no. But this, this is we, since we're telling these type of stories, I forgot where I was. I, don't, I actually think I was in Columbus. But I get off. No, because who picks Doesn't a car pick you up at the airport? Used to. Yeah, but, you it, know, I was living in Cincinnati guy, for oh, so long. I just I, drive up. Okay, so I'm there. I get off the plane, and there's a guy standing with a sign. It says Griffin. You know, I walk over. I go, how you doing? He goes like this. Oh, man. Oh, hold on. He thought it was Archie. No, no. He goes, no, no, even worse. He goes, oh, man, you ain't Eddie Griffin. Uh, Eddie Griffin. <laughs> you know? Oh, because E. Griffin. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah. yeah I'd have been like, disappointed, too. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Ah, <laughs> You don't understand, though. This dude would not stop talking about it the whole way to the hotel. Like, I'm exhausted. You know what I mean? Because it was like, uh, and he's like, man, I thought it was Eddie Griffin. I was so excited. I was telling everybody I'm picking up Eddie Griffin. And he's just going uh, on and on about it in this car. You know what? Eddie Griffin would have been mad if that was his driver. Because can you imagine if he was saying it to you how obnoxious he would have been to Eddie? <laughs> I know. I mean. I, okay. Not since we're on it, th- this is great. This podcast is just gonna be segue to segue. Yeah, yeah. It's gonna be like that old HBO show with David Cross. Oh yeah, yeah, and, yeah Mr. Show. Mr. Show. It just went. They didn't have Andy. They it just was kept going. One long sketch that just went to the other. So here's a great Andy Griffith story. Okay. So I'm in Shreveport, Louisiana, mm. and the, I think all the was, good rooms. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we talking Dude, about all the all the, all the A list shit. All the A rooms. We talking so what, about? Uh, I think it was a funny bone, and it was only open for like a year. And I was like, I remember the that second one. act in. So when I get there, I go there. It's not a huge turnout. This is 15 years ago, maybe, and there was like a fish tank. There was a, uh, it looked like Mardi Gras over here. There was a New Orleans Saints helmet. Uh-huh. There just wasn't, a, it was a, honestly, it was a beautiful room. It was themeless. Theme, and that's what I said. I said, what? And that's what I said. So what is the theme of this club? And I start going in on a little bit. Not uh-huh. mean spirit, but going in. Yeah. So the, this is Thursday night. I get off stage and Mary goes, hey man, can I talk to you for a minute? He goes, Man, I'll be t- I might be taking this a little personal, man, but I-, I built this with my bare hands, man. Oh, no. Me and my guys, we built this as our club, man. You kind of went in on a little hard. And I go, dude, I'm kidding. You opened up a comedy club and you're offended like right. that? <laughs> it's going to be a long so, run. We had a tense weekend and it ended okay, right? But was it? I got through it. I said, okay, let me not, whatever. And then I looked at the schedule and uh-huh. they said, Eddie Griffin's coming the next week. And I go, oh, Eddie ain't going to make it. I heard Eddie after the second night was done. I already got quit. I heard they called the cops on him, yeah, all yeah. kinds of shit. And I was like, well, he's I got saw- a lot of stories all over the country, man. Eddie? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that club didn't last long. I knew it wouldn't. I go, Dude, you're offended at that? I remember that club. Yeah, you played it? it? Yeah, yeah. It, it, I know exactly what you're talking about. It didn't last long. Mm-mm. You know? I Okay, how about this one? Do you remember Kicks in uh, Detroit? Mm-mm. Oh, it was out of Michigan. It was, it was one of these towns out of Michigan. I forgot. Like it's like Detroit. You got to drive thirty miles. Uh huh. But it was a place called Kicks, and it was owned by like he was a Detroit Lions kicker. You know. Oh, really? Or like, or he was like one of them. He was the. I think he was the brother of the guy that that missed all the that missed the field goal. Yes. He was the brother of the guy that missed a field goal for the Bills while they, while they lost the Super Bowl. Uh, not Norwood. Is that Norwood? Scott Norwood. Yeah. I think it was his brother. Okay. They owned this place, and they called the place Kick, so they had this comedy wow. club. So you, you were staying at, so you were staying at, like, the Red Roof Inn, mm-hmm. okay? And I can't stand staying at a hotel where when I open the door, it's outside. That's not That's a safety hazard. Yeah, right yeah. That's for just, our business. Yeah. I don't want to be like, okay, so, yeah. now, all right, there's, we get, there's a Dunkin' Donuts gas station. Literally on property. That's the kind of place it was. Mm-hmm. And, the, and, the, and the club complex, because they had like a, a bar, you know, restaurant, and they had a club upstairs type of thing. All right. It's 6, 6.30 a.m. I'm about to go to press or whatever. I go downstairs and I say, hey, can I get my free, you know, you get like a breakfast. You, yeah. You can go to, the lady's like, well, you don't get it because the club booked the room. Okay, so now I'm like... I've been to these clubs and I've been now, to these hotels. So, so I, said, I said, wait, you, do you understand that they booked the room for me? Like, it's yeah. I'm here for the room. 
And she was adamant about like, yes, but, you know, you don't get, you know, the stuff. I was like, it, it got heated. You know what I mean? I mean, it got to her, you know, I was like, you know, she was like, well, good and have a nice day. And I was like, fuck you. <laughs> this All is right? like for Dunkin' Donuts. This is, yeah, dude. I Now I look back on it. I should have let it go. Yeah. But I wanted my two donuts. It was, it was the principle of it. It was the principle. It was the principle of it. So I called yeah. the manager. I said, we having a problem over at Red Roof Inn. <laughs> You know what I mean? And so I tell her the situation. So she calls the manager, and then they're going back and forth. And she was like, "Well, your 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 comedian told my uh, fuck you to my my lady." And then my then the manager was like, "Yes, but she said good morning in a way." Right, her tone. <laughs> her it's all tone. about the tone. So it was this whole thing. So when I finally go back, they they, they apologize. I'm sorry, there was a misunderstanding. But I was like, man. Is this certificate for this Dunkin' Donuts that deep? That deep that you have to treat like I'm a customer at the place. It's almost like it was coming out of her pocket. Yeah. I said, yeah, is it like, yeah, is this some kind of bonus that they cut into the employee bonus <laughs> to give out these donuts? They only make 16 Bavarian cream. And by the time I get <laughs> yeah, off, usually yeah. there's two left. You ain't getting the last two. <laughs> it was Let like Let me tell that. you that shit. It straight up was like, I've had some horror stories, man, at these. Well, uh, uh, tell me funny. some more. I love okay. this. I want to hear. <laughs> the, whenever, when people ask you when you do radio interviews or anything, they'll always ask you, what's your favorite city? And you can't because it varies club to club and night to night. But you could tell the worst cities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The worst. Tell me. Evansville, Indiana. Oh, there I was a funny there. bone there. I tell you, it was right at the point where I was, I was bubbling a little bit, where I was starting to move a couple tickets, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. I could, I could start demanding a little bit. Like I could. The rider is real now. Yeah, and I was like, <laughs> I need a better hotel, right? Yeah. So again, she tried to take me. The lady picks her up from the airport in Evansville. Tries to take me to a Days Inn, and it was a shithole Days Inn. And I went, oh, I ain't staying here. And then she goes, huh? I go, I'm not staying here. I call my manager, and I'm like, uh, and she's in the car. I go, uh, they're trying to put me at a Days Inn. I said, I can leave. And then, <clears throat> so the manager goes, hold on, we'll take care of it. And then, so they, they moved me to the Marriott, right? Uh -huh. The Marriott sits right by the airport, but it's in a field literally by itself. So now the ladies heat it. Like, oh, I'm, yeah, she, I'm, yeah, a, I'm a diva now. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So I, she has to take me to the Marriott, and I'm I'm feeling great. I'm ready for a great weekend now. I'm com I'm about to be comfortable. Marriotts are pretty, you know, consistent. Yeah, yeah. So she's on her way to Marriott. We get to the Marriott, right? And I literally go to her, and I'm thinking we're having we're having a cool conversation. Now. And I go, ma'am, I just listen. I have a nice house. If I leave my house, I just want to be comfortable. Yeah. And, I, and I'm telling her I want to give you a good show. I said we're gonna have a great time this weekend. I'm trying to diffuse it, uh -huh. and she seems like she's she's feeding into it, right? She's not. We we get to the Marriott. I give her the hint. I go, "Hey, I'm uh I'm kind of hungry." She goes, "Well, if you would have stayed the days in, there was a Wendy's right across the street." She was like, "See you tonight," and left me. I went, "Oh." And this is before Uber Eats. I go, "I'm on my own. I just gotta find out what they got at the Marriott," which they did have great food at the Marriott. But that whole week at the club. I will never forget it. It, it, it sat by it. It sat in a shopping center. There wasn't a kitchen. It sat next to not a subway, but like an off subway. It was his uh, own sandwiches, like right? bloopies or something like so, that. Yeah, like not bloopies, even bloopies, but, but like bloopies. But it was like they had hot like grinders and sub sandwiches, Damn. and that was the kitchen, right? Oh no! And you didn't. I got I got free food, but my opener didn't. And I told him, I go, dude, I'm probably not gonna eat, so let me order it. And I, mm -hmm. I get it. And he was like, you serious? <laughs> it was a young kid. Oh, yeah. So he was killing these meatball subs all week. That's right. what I remember. And then there was one night where nobody laughed. 
The host went up, silence. The feature went up, silence. I'm about 20 minutes in. And all it was, was a bunch of white dudes in John Deere hats with flannels, enough where their belly stuck out, they could hold the rest of their <laughs> arms. It was like this. And I just went, hey, guys, um, Labor the Cable guy's not walking in, man. This is it. I go, if you came to have a good time, and the one guy in the back goes, whoa, those are big shoes to fill, motherfucker. <laughs> I just swept. I'm done. <laughs> that was the longest hour of my life. Silence. I'm still trying to hustle merch afterwards, right? Good for you. So I'm out there by my t-shirts and stuff, and all of a sudden this guy goes, hey, man, what's that? So I had a Boston Celtics warm-up shirt on. Mm-hmm. He goes, what's that? I go, oh, this Boston Celtics warm-up. He goes, where'd you get it? Um, let's see. I don't know. New York. So he goes, he goes, I want it. <laughs> How much you pay for it? I go, 60 bucks. I'll give you 80. I went, Whoop. took it off. <laughs> Took the 80. His girlfriend comes out and she goes, what are you doing? Why'd you buy that shirt? He goes, I wanted it. I wanted it. He yelled it twice. (laughs) Where the fuck am I at? I know, man. You know, I I think that night I made $100 in merch. I sold one t-shirt, but I sold the shirt off my back. Oh, shit. I was literally selling merch and a wife beater like this. You know? Man, I'm telling you, when you when you when that grind when we're first coming up is like we the places we stay, the things we have to do. Did you ever do the well? You was probably before. When did you start doing stand up? I started, let's say, road road dogging yeah. it like 2008. Yeah, this is ten years for this is 98. Yeah, my first paid headlining comedy club was a place called the Comedy Stop in Columbus, Ohio. And this guy's name was Andrew Ford. Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget it. He put me... Remember Bo P? Oh, yeah. Me and Bo P? Yeah. We were co-headlining. So it, let's say there was eight shows. We flip-flopped every other show. He headlined and I headlined. It was a two-man show. Yeah. So we were both in 45 minutes. And he had us in... And I didn't know that it was Section 8 Apartments. Right behind the club was Section 8 Apartments. The club was in the hood, right? Oh, Jesus. I'd never been on the road before. I thought this was normal in an apartment. Right, right, right. So... <laughs> I go in there and I get there and, and I get dropped off at like 11 a.m., which it seemed like just a little apartment building. Then I, I literally was out of a movie. I heard people yelling, motherfuckers arguing. You know, I walked outside, a bunch of brothers just hanging out. And I was like, what the looking at you like, fuck am up, I? Right, boy? Well, right? they knew they put the comics there. Oh, gotcha. So they literally was like, oh, you at the comedy stop? They uh, assumed, right? right, right, I was right like, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. And then there was a mall across the street and that thing shut down now. But I remember me and Bo P took a stand because I think it was one of them. We got there Wednesday, and the shows were Thursday through Sunday. Saturday comes morning. We're like, dude, you got to get this TV working. We need cable. We're bored no as cable? fucking here. No. And we took a stand. We wouldn't come over there until we got cable because, one, football was starting. Yeah. We're like, dude, it was the first week of college football. And I was like, we want to watch football on Saturday. And what was the name of this place? The Comedy Stop in Columbus, Ohio. So oh. me and Bo P were like this. We're not coming over to we get cable. <laughs> Basic. <laughs> right? <laughs> so he had to get cable hooked up. And then here's how shady this dude was. So the week's over. He goes, hey, man, whoever I got next week backed out. He goes, can you stay an extra week? I'm going to be like, the show has been held over by popular demand. Bo P couldn't do it. I could. So I was like, yeah, I'll stay another week. So he said, and I'm making up numbers. He's mm-hmm. like, we'll do a thousand dollars for the weekend. He goes, and then at uh at whatever three hundred people, you get an extra five hundred dollars. And then if we sell it out, I'll give you another five hundred. So you have the possibility 
of making an extra thousand a show or something like that. I'm just uh-huh. making up numbers. Right, right, right. Dude, when I tell you those shows were packed the next weekend, and granted, it was probably a lot of free tickets regardless, but the Who deal cares? was bodies in the room because the comedy clubs make food, make money off the food and yeah, drink. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Like a movie theater. Which they don't want to acknowledge. Right. <laughs> it, it, every Friday and Saturday, the four shows, two Fridays, are packed, right? So I'm thinking, oh, man, I made a good decision, right? Uh-huh. I go to settle Sunday night. He goes... Yeah, man, the numbers aren't weren't what I thought. <sighs> so, so he gives me the fucking minimum. If it was a thousand dollars, he tried to give me. And I go, "There's no way, dude. There's no way." So I go, "Dude," and I lied. I said I have my buddy count in the room. We hit some <laughs> bonuses, right? He goes, "Let me check my numbers." So he literally went over his numbers again. He goes, "All right, I'll give you. I'll give you two of the bonuses." Right? He had a safe in the floor. He made sure I saw this. He lifts up the carpet. Uh-huh. There's one of them safes in the ground, does it, opens the safe. There's a gun on top of the cash. So he just wanted me to see he had the gun. He goes, all right, Gary, goes, I'm going to give you half. Like, like, don't argue with this now. So now I'm looking like, is it worth my life? Right, right, right. Or whatever. And so I just took the half and I never worked with him again. And I, I, I talk when I go to Columbus. I, I talk about it on stage. I go, yeah, it's my first time here. I was at the comedy stop, and the whole crowd goes, oh <laughs> right, shit! Right. And I see the neighbor, and then I say who it was. And like Andrew Ford tried to call him to the Breakfast Club one time, and be like, Gary was trying to tarnish my name. My name is impeccable in Columbus. I'm like, nah. But he, he tried to reopen a comedy club. I want to say like eight years ago. And like you say, the hallway, you need a, you need a hotel room with a hallway. Right. For example, there's a guy named T-Ray. Not D-Ray, T-Ray. He got shot and killed, almost killed after his show. He got shot like four times. See, this is what I'm saying. Because they went right to his room. And they, right when he was walking in the room, they kind of went in behind him. And oh then they held him God. and his girl up. And they shot him like four times. And then took hit. He just got paid from the comedy club. And he had like merch money. And he had some jewelry. Oh so it God. clearly was dudes that followed him or a set oh, They just know. Yeah, I was like this. You can't, dude. You got. We got to have a lobby and cameras. I need, yeah, I need one of those places where I gotta hit the. Uh, you know, I gotta use my key to get in after eleven thirty. Yeah, you know what exactly. I mean. Exactly. That's uh, just safety reasons. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, just what a, what a business that we, we. Man, I'm just trying to think of like I, I've had so many experiences like that where I like or like because like when I if you tell me like hey how's like if we, when comics talk to each other and they go like hey hey man how's that club I never am, I'm not asking you how the shows are. I'm, I want to know where's the hotel? Mm-hmm. Is uh, the manager cool? Is the manager cool? Yeah. Uh, is there a movie theater nearby? Mm-hmm. Is it like what, what's the situation with the yeah. press and all this kind of stuff? That's the real important things when you're going on the road. Well, our- and, the, and the good thing is now you're at, you're at a point where there's so many improvs and so many fun. Uh, you're pretty safe with any improv or funny bone nowadays. Right, right. It wasn't like that like 15 years ago. The, the Some of them funny bones were some seedy, dirty, nasty yeah. places, man. Or places like, remember, um, you know, in Rest His Soul, uh, remember, uh, what's his name in Kansas City? Um, Stanford and Sons? Stanford and Sons. Somebody died? He died. The owner, Craig? Craig's dead, man. I didn't know Craig died. Yeah, dude. I, that's what I heard. I, I was just there. I didn't, and was like, I didn't he know. Died. But, but that, you want to talk about some shady shit. That was shady, but goddamn, they had good steaks. I know, but this dude would pick you up. He he picked me up in a Lotus in winter. Yeah, <laughs> like trying to impress me. Craig said, is what, funny, what, man. What do, you, what do you think? Uh, what do you what do you think of the car? You know, what do you think? that is Craig. Craig died. Yeah, man. he crazy. died. He was like, what do you, what do you think of the car? What do you think <laughs> he of the car? His voice perfect. Yeah, man. and I said, hey, dude, I'm six three two. 
you know, pounds. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck we doing in this little ass car in, 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 in the winter, man. And then you take it to the radio and this dude, he want to talk on the radio. You know? Oh, he was a local celeb. Yeah, he wanted to be like, yeah, 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 you know, yeah, Eric can't do jokes. You know, you make well, the Stanford's was cool if you're a young comic because uh, the club was in the bottom floor. I mean, you, the the comedy club's on the second floor. Yeah. The bottom floor was the club and the bar. I, he might have he might have moved. You might have not have done it when because he, he moved. You know, I heard in the end that he was not paying the comics. He was like like bouncing checks, moving the club from place to place in the area. Oh. It was this like was stuff in, like that um, going on. Oh, really? Yeah, this was, I, don't, I mean, this is, like, since 16, 17 years ago. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's diff- It was different towards the end. Yeah, once the improv came in, like, 10 years ago, that was it. Yeah. Zona Rosa. He was trying, but I still went there because I didn't appreciate, like, the improv didn't want to pay what I wanted, and he would, but then mm-hmm. he was cheating you on the bonuses. Yeah. You know what I mean? The place is packed. People standing up. He's like, ah, you didn't hit it. Yeah. You know, then you, you don't realize, like, you don't want to be that guy that's got to, every time I think they're going to be honest. Like literally every time. Well, right? I, I tell you, man, and and uh, I was in Phoenix a couple years ago, and this guy uh, Casey is the manager in Phoenix, and I think he's a diamond in the rough. I think he could easily be an agent. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He runs it so smooth and got a handle on it, and he like a perfect example for Casey is picked me up on morning. We're doing press. I said, "Hey, man, can we uh, you got coffee bean down here? Because we don't have, I was living in Ohio at the time. We don't have coffee beans, and I want some coffee." He goes, "He's yeah." He takes me to a coffee bean, and then when he's taking me to press, I realized we were way out of the way. And I went, dude, did you just take me like 20 minutes out of the way? He goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I go, dude, I could have went to Starbucks. Yeah, he goes, yeah. no, you asked for coffee bean. Didn't make no bones about it. There's some areas like, nah, man, it's way out of the way. Yeah, yeah. The fact that he did that, I went, oh, shit. I didn't realize it. He acted like no big deal. Are they, we're are going. They, are they doing this now? Yeah, just Uber over to the... Uh... Yeah. No, I don't get that. Uber to the press. I'm getting that. I'm not. I'm not at Gary Owen level. I've right had. Now. I've had managers ask me, "Did I want to drive myself to press?" I was yeah. like, "No, no. <laughs> I don't know the city." But what the hell's uh, wrong with you? Casey scold. He he pulled me in the uh, the mayor's office and scolded me like a child almost. He goes, "Hey man, can I talk to you for a minute?" And so we settle. Everything's good. Uh-huh. And he goes, he goes. Everybody leave the room. So all everybody there was there was like three people in the office, uh-huh. right? Everybody left. Just me and him. He goes, "Hey man." the fuck are you guys doing i said what he goes what the fuck you got three guys on a row with you man every night you're leaving the green room and asking us to get you a water asking us to get you coffee he goes your guys are just out there right the guys just out there hollering chicks and, and it's it's party time right and i got three guys in me so i'm like i had to pull all three guys into the room <laughs> and now i'm the i'm the dick I, hey man we got talk with some changes going on right here because casey's like dude you got nobody counting the room he goes, and we're not ripping you off, but other clubs will. He goes, they'll short you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They'll be 280. They'll say we had 270. Not a lot, but 10 tickets paid is 10 tickets paid. Yeah. It adds up if over it's eight be- shows. Yeah. That's yeah. 100 tickets yeah, 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 skimmed, yeah. right? Yeah. And I'm not saying all the clubs do it, no. but Casey just went, yo, you got to just protect yourself. And a lot of times it's not even what the number is your guys counting. It's just the club sees you counting. Yeah. So they're like, yeah. oh. So you go, okay. click, click. Okay, yeah, give him the bonus. Right. <laughs> so uh, I got my guys in the room, and I was like, yo. And I'm going off, dude, shit's changing now. You count in the room. There's three of you with me. I go, I don't care which one is in the green room. Just one of you has to be in here at all times. You guys can decide which one it is. I don't care. I said, but I can't. And, I, and it made sense here. I go, why am I always opening the door yelling for you guys? There's three of you. <laughs> And I, I, I know you want to fuck a waitress. I get it. Uh, you know rotate. what I mean? You know what I mean? Right. 
I'm like this. I know your types. So when I get to a club, the guys in a row with me, I know their types. So I'm like, I know who you're hitting on the first night. I know who you're locked in. Yeah. You know what I mean? You like the fat one. You yeah. like the you <laughs> like you like skinny white girls, the daddy issues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know immediately when I say hello to the staff, I go, oh, yeah. <laughs> watch out for this one. He's coming. You know what I mean? So I mean, it was, but I mean, Casey's like, he just like opened my mind, like, dude, oh fuck, you're right. You know a, there's, there's good ones it's a out business. there. It is a business. business. And it's, who's, it, the, who's, who's the worst man you ever came across? The worst I've ever come across. It's, it's, uh, it's Greg. Greg, uh, whatever his name is. I didn't know. Uh, in, in, in Kansas City because yeah. he ripped you off? Yeah, just because of just everything about the whole trip. He took me to a strip club. Okay? But, like, this was the most... I'm not a strip club guy. Me neither. I'm just not a strip club guy. I'll go every now and then, but it really is... And, and people might, you're lying, Gary. It's sometimes it's the food. When I tell you Magic City Atlanta has some of the best food, I mean, it's, I'll go at lunch. There's like th- two strippers on the pole. And uh, I'll, I'll literally come away. Where you at, Magic City, eating lunch? You walk in, they go, Gary! Oh, yeah. <laughs> what up, what? You early? Because <laughs> I'm not going to be like, I've never been, but I'm not a guy that's like, dude, where's the strip club at when I get to a city? Yeah, I know, and there's a lot of people that are like that. Just for the first time I ever went on the road, I, I was doing triple, you ever you ever do triple runs? Like, that's the guy in Montana. Mm-mm. And this guy, this guy, Scott, uh, from Utah, he was the headliner, you know, and, like, we had to go to strip clubs. You know oh, what I mean? yeah. I don't, you know what I mean? I and it just was clubs. like, I, I just, I, because I, I'm Eric Savaho, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, you want to talk to him? I why want you to, here? Why, why are you here, girl? I've always wanted to do that. I've always wanted to pick up a hooker and talk, but I'm scared <laughs> I get arrested. <laughs> I, I just want to like pick one up for an hour and be like, what, let's go to Denny's. What happened? How did you end up here? Yeah, man. You know what I mean? And I always say there's like a thing called strip club mentality. So like I always say, like, if you're a dude, all right, I don't care how nice you think you are, all right? I don't care what a choir boy you think you are. I don't care what however your good intentions. The moment you walk through the threshold of a strip club, you are now a piece of shit. Okay? <laughs> and they and they see you as a piece of shit. And the ones they prey on the most are the nice ones that are not supposed to be there. Mm-hmm. Those are the ones they go, look at him. He probably got a wife. I'm taking all his money. The dickheads mm-hmm. are the ones that do well. You know what I mean? So, but anyway, just like, you know. It's a good theory, Eric. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, because uh, so Craig to just strip the worst, you know, the, the strip club was so bad. I was the main attraction in there in Kansas City. In Kansas I don't City, believe that dude. Yeah, I walked There's in some high end. Not, I'm, just, I'm kidding. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you tell me Missouri ain't got the baddest chicks. <laughs> it had like a, I mean Atlanta, Miami. All right, it was Missouri? like a, not a Jiffy Lube, but like a like a oil change place yeah. in the parking lot. <laughs> Which kind of made sense, you know. You know, you, 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 you know, you get your oil change, you walk in, you get, you know, right. Spend mo- most of your money right. there, you know what I mean? So they go free, free oil change if you go into the strip club for an hour or something like that. I don't know, but it just was like, you know, the whole place was like, oh, it's the dude from Workaholics, you know. So he's like, everybody was like, I was like, I'm not supposed to distract people from titties, you know what I mean? At all, at all, never. I, I now I'll tell you a great strip club story that was told to me by Alicia Silverstone. Mm. We did a sketch for Funny or Die. And so we're just talking. And then she goes, geez, you're big in the, in like, black people know you. And I go, yeah. And she goes, okay, I did a movie called Beauty Shop with Queen Latifah and them. She's I remember that. She goes, so we shoot in Atlanta. She goes, so one night, all the girls went to a strip club. It was a girls' night out. She goes, and this one girl was literally in front of her, bent over, 
stripping and looked at her upside down and then popped up and went, ain't you the girl from the crush? <laughs> <laughs> and then went back to dancing. But literally, she's in the middle of one of her big moments. Like, so her head was between her legs and she looked at her upside down, just popped up and went, ain't you the girl from the crush? <laughs> And just hearing Alicia do a black girl accent uh, was priceless. That was, I was about to say, that, was, that was, made the whole story. It was proper, you know. And so we go to a strip club, and yeah. I'm sitting there, and I'm a little lost. Because <laughs> she's very earthy. Alicia's yeah. very earthy. And then she goes, and then the girl just, like, was dancing. And she looked over and was like, it's your girl for the crush. <laughs> and so I was like, yeah, it was scary. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> so let me see here. So you're, the, I know my worst manager. Who's that? Was... Uh, the guy in Pittsburgh was the worst. At the improv? At the improv. He was a black guy. Oh. I don't know his name. It's different now. They're different now. I just yeah, he, he got fired. He was so bad that when I would go to Pittsburgh, I'd say, I don't want to see him. He can't be here. Oh, man. He can't be in the building. Or I can just stay home. Because here's what he did that just was, uh, was just so low. I like, and we all have our moments, but I like to think I'm, I'm, I try to be polite and I tip and I try to just, you know, make it a, a nice, smooth weekend with everybody. Yeah. I don't know if you've heard horror stories about me or not. No, I haven't. Well, okay. Well, Brian Callen did because he went on his podcast and said I'm hard to work with. But he didn't <laughs> apologize. He goes, I didn't hear it. I heard that from one person. Sorry. Because <laughs> I was DMing like, where the fuck did you hear that from? Yeah, we don't want to So I, um, uh, one, I had a sore throat. So I said, hey, uh, I need some hot tea. Oh, we don't have tea in the club. I go, okay, so let me just die on stage. Let me just go horse. Is that what you're saying? So he goes and brings some hot tea, tea bags and hot water. And he goes, oh, those are from my house, though, because the club don't have tea. I, I brought those from my house. And I go, great. I, I'm looking, I'm like, what? Yeah. And even like you say press, he called and said, does Gary want to drive himself to press? And I go, no. And then when he picked me up, I was like, did you not know I was coming? The car was so disgusting. I was like, dude, it's not much to run through the car wash and just vacuum it out. I mean, it was like, I was riding like this because I was like, I don't want to touch nothing, right? So that was why he asked me to drive myself depressed, obviously. Then we go to settle, and he goes, uh, he goes, I said, hey, man, I am, um, first, oh, I'm sorry. When I got there, my contract at that time said two rooms. Uh, I had three guys. I had two other guys coming. So I oh, said, so they, they, I yeah. called the club and I said, I called my manager. I said, yo, see if I can get three rooms this weekend. And then they called and they said, well, the, the Marriott sold out, but there's a hotel next door. I said, don't worry about it. My guys are just double up for the weekend. Not a big deal. The day before I get there, they said another room opened up the Marriott. So they gave you a room. They got you. They, no, they got you a room. Great. I'm thinking, uh, I already said I'm good. I'm not paying for it, right? Right. So when we go to settle, he had taken the, the four nights of the I other hotel room out of my check. So I'm like this. I go, oh, dude, no, no. I told you don't worry about it. He goes, yeah, man, but your contract is two rooms and you asked for the third. So I said, you know what? Misunderstanding. Why don't we split the cost? I'll take care of two nights. You guys take care of two nights. He goes, no, no. And I go, oh, was I a dick this weekend? And then he goes, he goes, what? I go, why are you doing this? I go, it's not coming out of your pocket. I'm I'm compromising with you. Yeah. And then he said, dude, this is what the contract says, right? So now I'm like, I don't like to argue. I'll just call my agent and they'll handle yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's so, what they're there for. Right. So then, you know, I my contract says transportation to or from the airport. Uh -huh. I drove from Cincy to Pittsburgh. I tell him, dude, I'm driving back tonight. So can the car just pick up my opener 
who's always been my opener, right? Right. Can you just pick him up and take him to the airport? He goes, no, no, your contract says you, nobody else. I go, what's it matter? It's a body getting in the car. He goes, dude, this is what the contract says. And I just went, I hope I never see you again. And that's how I left the room. I just went, I hope I never see you again. And I was very calm. And he looked at me. And I just walked out of there. And went, so now oh, I'm man. steaming. Then, of course you're steaming. So the drive home, it's starting to build now. <laughs> then you're like this. You're like, you're, fuck, you're, you're, like, you're like De Niro in heat. Yeah. At the end, you could get away. But you're yeah. like, I got to go kill this yeah. motherfucker. Yeah. I got to go get <laughs> Musgrave. Right. I got to go kill him. So I'm literally like, what the fuck, man? So uh, anyways, I call my agent, my manager, everything. So what they tell me is... The manager before him mm-hmm. was ripping the club off. The same way we say managers can rip us off, yeah, they can rip the club oh, off. Oh, for sure. There's First so many managers. It's a cash business. There's so many managers I've heard that have literally gone to jail for remember, ripping the club off. Remember Eric Shorts? Remember, remember in, uh, in Indianapolis? What's the other club? Not not Crackers, but the Mortys. I didn't work. I never worked. You Morty's. never worked Morty's. I got a great story about crackers. I got and I got a great story about Morty's. Well, this is great. We're just having nightmare I stories know, on this. This is the nightmare Welcome podcast. To the night- Griffin with Griffin yeah. nightmare edition. But listen, we, I've been headlining for what twenty one years. You've yeah. been at it for eleven. These are minor stories in the big scheme of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah You're yeah. talking about working fifty two weeks a year, and we're talking about five or six stories, right? Yeah, yeah. So the 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 manager before the guy, he was ripping the club off. So what he was doing, and I was like his second or third week of managing. He was trying to go back to the club, man. Look how much money I saved this. Uh, he was trying to be that guy at the expense of me. At the expense right? of, like, yeah, just happiness at the expense of, yeah. Well, come to find out a couple weeks later, Charlie Murphy, God rest his soul, he tried to do some, some just not shady shit, but just, just stuff to not make it comfortable for the week to Charlie. I guess Charlie's smoking weed in the green room. Mm-hmm. He came in there and literally was like, hey, you can't be smoking in here. It's a non-smoking club, and you can't be smoking weed. It's illegal in Pennsylvania. Charlie goes, uh, so what are you saying? And he was like, you can't be smoking in here. And Charlie goes, all right. So he opened the door, and he goes, all right, you tell all these motherfuckers for the whole weekend, because I guess Charlie was sold out a weekend. You tell them I'm not going up, because you ain't going to let me smoke a joint in the fucking green room. <laughs> he goes, either you do that, or get the fuck out of the green room and leave me alone for the rest of the weekend. <laughs> So he left. <laughs> Charlie finished the joint. You know what? You know what's funny about Charlie Murphy? Somebody, somebody said, I asked this one manager, I won't say who, you know, I was at some club and I was like, what? I said, he was talking about riders. And I said, what's the craziest rider you've ever gotten? He goes, let me get it for you, you know? And it was Charlie Murphy, you know? And it was like, he showed it to me. He was like, this is, this is the most bananas. And it was like, Newport cigarettes. <laughs> oh, I thought you meant. Bananas. No, 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 no. <laughs> a bunch of bananas. The thing was banana. Like just all the stuff that he asked for on his mm-hmm. rider was just like a lot of like you know. It was like this is the most insane. You know what I mean? But um, actually, Morty's. No, no. Before that, I actually know my now the worst manager. I, 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 I can remember now uh, someone worse than Craig. It was, it was in Erie, Pennsylvania. Dude, you've worked cities. I've never worked. Yeah, Erie, Pennsylvania. I go to this club and you have to be clean. All right, that's the first thing they want you to be clean. You know, and I hate that because to me that's a novelty. That you should pay for. I'm not saying right. We I don't want to do it or we can't do it. All I'm saying is that's like I'm juggling while I'm you know I'm doing my act. It's a it's a specialty thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like you know, anyways. So you know, all right. I get, I get as as I'm there, he goes, "Hey man, we got this special corporate gig that if, if you want to cat, cat, make a little bit extra money, you know, uh, it's like two hundred dollars, whatever it is, like that." And I and I'm thinking, I tell the guy, you know. For something like this, this isn't really the kind of money you make for something like this. But I guess I'm in town, you know. 
So now it's time to go to the airport at the end of the week. And his wife is nice. She actually took me to breakfast for the when we go to the press. But like I said, hey, um, that, that airport ride, you know, you, you're supposed to give me money for the airport, you know, to and from. You, he goes like this. You already made extra money. And my wife took you to breakfast. You're good. <laughs> I mean, bro. Bro, just. I, <laughs> I was, Dude, you good. You good. You know, I thought to myself, oh, my God. Never went back. You know, I just never went back. It's just one of those moments where I'm just like, what are you talking about? You know? Like, oh, my God. Yeah, you want to do this corporate gig? And then his mind's like, this is going to get me out of. Get me out of this, this $20 little. that I have to and get. And that's the thing. It's always the little money. The little money. The- it's never the big money. Oh. It's when you're first. But it's it's honestly, it, was make, it makes podcasts entertaining. Yeah, yeah. It's these great stories that we can share. Morty's. Nightmare. Tell me about Morty's. So it, when it, it's when it first opened up. So, like, I, ju- I wasn't even headlining yet. It was like, uh, what's his guy? What's the, I forgot the guy's first name, but his last name was Berman. He was the headliner. Um, something Berman. Uh, Jim Todd. But I, God, I feel bad that I forgot his name because I don't think he's been doing comedy anymore. But, you know, he was a headliner. But at that time, you had to do Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It was a yeah. job. You yeah. know what I mean? It was like nine shows. For like, you know, I'm featuring, so it's no money. So the guy calls me before, Eric Shorts was his name. He, and he, he was from L.A., and he moved out there. Black dude, he had dreads, short dude. He, 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 calls, he sends me an email, and he says, hey, man, I hope it's not a problem, but you're going to be sharing a room with the, 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 uh, with the, the host. host. At a hotel room. A hotel or room. A, or a, a hotel room. Yeah, it's a big problem. I, Gary, Gary. That, that opened the email with, oh, it's a problem. I said, look, man, I don't know him. How are you going to have me share a room with someone? This ain't a slumber party. This, we, we share in the bathroom. We share, right. we, I don't know his sleeping patterns. Maybe I watch TV. You, you don't do that. He wrote me back, you know, you L.A. comics. I was like, oh, oh God, my this God. This motherfucker here. This, this right, okay? That so, to give you the guilt trip. He going to guilt me? You know yeah. what I mean? Like, and then you're looking at the crowd, and it's like, okay, so you're not. Can I guilt you with all this money you're making with the drinks and the food that you're not kicking down for this hundred dollars a show that I'm making or whatever bullshit where half the money has to go to the ticket to get here? I mean, it's it's a nightmare. So did you share the room? No. Oh. <laughs> I mean, cut, cut to yeah, it was a king bed, and he was on the other side. No. <laughs> <laughs> it was Brad Williams. He's a midget. So, <laughs> so he cool. said it was he's small. Yeah. No, man, I did. I I, I was like. Early on, I was like, I realized you have to fight for yourself. Well, you know what's crazy is talking about a, a bad hotel situation. This podcast is gonna. We sound like we <laughs> complain about everything. I know we're not, but they're great stories, man. See where they, we're at. They are we're good. Um, so I I did a run through Japan, and I'm Uh-oh. doing military bases, and I already expect that it's not gonna be the greatest accommodations on the bases. This one base right by Mount Fuji was a Marine base, but it was more of a transition base. So it literally was guys coming or going uh-huh. into the shit from Japan, right? Oh wow! So the, the I mean, it was some te- it was tense, right? The guys are a little tense. They told us these yeah, guys. Yeah, they, yeah. I've, I've done some. Stuff they're gonna like let that. loose if they like you. They're really gonna laugh. They go and they're gonna be drunk, so you might get some rowdiness. They warned us, like just yeah. no. And we get to this this hotel on the base barracks. I don't know what it was. It was no air conditioning. It was so hot. The room looked like nothing had been changed since 85. 
right? I said, I can't stay here. I told the promoter that was with me, his name's Daniel Dugar. You know Dugar from the Bay Area? Oh, yes. So I tell Dugar, I go, Dugar, he's the promoter, booker, and he's also the host, right? Right, right, right. But this is his shit, right? And I'm very, I'm, you know, I like Daniel. And, and they're trying to guilt you with the, it's for the military. Yeah, well, this is what he did. And, yeah. and, and here's what makes the story good. So I literally go to the front desk. I don't speak Japanese. I don't know if you knew that. <laughs> I asked what? the Japanese guy, I go, I need hotel. Oh, hotel. No. <laughs> Why? So I don't, my cell phone isn't calling of hotel in Mount Fuji, Japan, wherever he's right. at, right? So the guy lets me use his phone. He dials it. They don't speak English. This guy at least he spoke broken English. So he booked me the room. So I catch a cab. I go to the hotel. It was great. The hotel was great. I tell Daniel, I knock on his door. I say, hey, man, I got a room. I'm leaving. What time do you need me back for the show? Mm-hmm. So let's say 7 o'clock. And he looks at me and goes, man. You know what I mean? And so I can tell it was tense. I get to the show. And we, me, him, and Ronnie Perry are sitting there. Ronnie's trying to be the, Ronnie. the Ronnie's trying to be the buffer, right? It's so tense to me and Daniel. And Daniel starts, uh, Dugar starts calling me Mariah Carey, right? Diva Mariah Carey, and he goes, he goes, hey, and he did it. He goes, hey man, these guys are out here dying for us. They ain't complaining about the accommodations. I said, I'm gonna stop it right there. Yeah. I was like, these guys are 19, 20 years old. I said, I was in the military. Was you? I go, when I was 19 and 20. I didn't care where I stayed. Yeah. I'd stay anywhere. I said, hopefully, these guys make the right decisions in life that when they get 40, they can stay at a nice hotel and not feel guilty about it. That means they lived the right life. They did the right things mm-hmm. in life. I go, I don't feel guilty at all because I've stayed in shit like this before, right? Yeah. And then, so the show's over. I just got in a cab and headed back to the hotel. I, did, I wasn't trying to argue with Daniel or anything, right? So that night, I slept great. I'm fucking... <laughs> I got up early. I got a Japanese breakfast. I don't know what the fuck I ate. (laughs) Right? So Daniel and Ronnie now have to pick me up at the hotel. And I know that the combinations are shitty. So I'm I'm geared up for an argument. Uh I'm like, okay, I'm ready to do this, man. You know, I got got my comebacks ready. If you try to say this, I'm going to say this. I'm literally in my room. Looking in the mirror. (laughs) Okay, bro, I came up, you know. And I get in the van and I'm ready to go, right? Dugar goes, hey, man, um, you were right. He literally <laughs> like this. He goes, you were right. Those accommodations was terrible. I gave you a hard time. But And Rodney's like, it was hot. Rodney being right. And I go, yeah. Cause it he goes, hey, man, I just said you were right. Yeah, 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 and I yeah. went, okay, you're right. Yeah, I was right. Was, I was still was ready, ready to argue. Ready to argue. <laughs> he literally <laughs> just said, hey, man, you were right. Those accommodations were terrible. He had already diffused it and everything. I mean, I hate to feel like we just bitching about stuff, but it's just just random stories. Like like I said, fifty two weeks of the year is mostly great. A lot of the clubs are great. You know, the managers are great. Their accommodations are great. Mm-hmm. But that's why when they're not, it stands out. It's like having a bad set. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, yeah. You'd be like, you you'll have great sets. But when you do bad, you remember those. Yes, you, you do. Know, we're not going to talk about that. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> so I had this one great set. Honestly, <laughs> I haven't had any, so we'd have nothing to talk about. This podcast would be over. <laughs> I know. We like we've been talking for so long already. I love this, but uh, I do want to get a little bit like uh, you know, um, I've watched you for a long time. I, I don't remember where we met, but I like you say it was probably at like tripping on Tuesday or yeah, or you know, uh, I remember. Well, I I do remember the first time I saw you live was at at Trippin' on Tuesday, and uh, somebody said, "Yo, this guy's funny though. He's different." So I watched your set, 
and it was it was something about Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Marching. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was hot or something in the desert. Moses, yeah. Moses, yeah. yeah. And I was like, it was just I I like comedy that when you don't see it coming from whatever their whatever the direction it is. I'm like, and I don't watch a lot of stand-up. I'm very I stop I can't watch an hour of somebody. I it's just hard. can't. And then I can't I can't go to comedy concerts and i'm just like I'm, i get so bored because you see a mic and a stage and a, and a captive audience you want to be on the stage yeah yeah and i and also you so you don't enjoy comedy anymore not watching it not a lot mm. i watched your special and text you the yes, showtime yes, yes, one yes, yeah and I, I think i watched that on the plane yeah yeah it's one of those times one of the things you're yeah. like there's nothing to watch okay you see what this yeah, is yeah. right and i'm sitting <laughs> with, there laughing with, out loud with, with anger in your soul too like yeah. this motherfucker guy. But, let me see what he did but I'm, here's the thing i'm watching your one special at the long beach laugh factory yeah, yeah. and it, it had to be two shows mm-hmm. you edited it down to one show yeah yeah because the audience the audience changed, changed. Yeah. there was if you watch two it, black women and, and then, there's two white girls <laughs> laughing i go yo that was crazy <laughs> That's the only so, thing when you do a a, 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 a a special in a small environment. Mm-hmm. That's what happens. Yeah. But at a certain point, you're just like, I mean, people get it, you know? Yeah, I, I was cracking up at that. You know what I, I know. mean? But that was a great special. And and like I said, I I, I always want to know that that my jokes are mine. Because I don't, I've seen comics, they don't necessarily take jokes, but they take mannerisms. They start moving like somebody yeah, on stage. Yeah. Like my opener now is a Cambodian dude named Say Hamora M. Say M, right? Uh-huh. And he literally will start like talking like me. And I'll be like, say, watch it. You're starting to turn into me. And you don't realize it because you're around me so much. Yeah. And he's like, dude, I didn't realize it. The funniest shit, though, was I had an airplane joke. And on my airplane joke, uh, one of the setups is the seat number is 32B. This motherfucker did an airplane joke. And he goes, <laughs> yeah, so then the, like, like the guy in the back was in 32B. And I went, did you take the fucking seat number, bro? <laughs> he goes, oh, my God, did I say that? He, yeah. goes, he goes, probably because I heard you say it so much. So it's often. in your brain. But you don't even, yeah, man. I was like, I remember being backstage going, this motherfucker take the seat number? You know what? I, I do remember that day that you, you saw me at the comedy store. You know why? Because you said to me, you said, funny set, man. It's going to be funny when I do it in uh <laughs> oh, <did I? laughs> You said, yo, that's going to be funny when I do it in uh, like Cleveland. Columbus. I think I said that like, yo, man, I'm a, that's just going to kill in Cleveland. I'm there tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, ah, I like that guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, yo, like, like you know, oh, God, this I feel like you got to come back on because it's like I really wanted to get into all kinds of other stuff. But this has been fun the, w- the way it is. But it's like, you know, you are the, you know, you have been the white comic who plays all the black rooms. Yeah. You know, and I'm that the, was the Carl Malone. I yeah, call yeah. it. <laughs> Carmelo <Carmelona> comedy. <laughs> and it's just like, uh, you know, it, 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 it's like, has that been a stigma? No, I mean, I always say you you, you don't choose your audience. They choose right, you. Right. It's just the first time I got on TV was was BET's Comic View. Then I became the host. And then. That's right. And then. And that. That was the dark years, too, though. Was the dark years of comedy <laughs> of BET. But it was like I was on a treadmill for a long time. I'm saying from like, I bet you from like. 2003 to 2011 or 10, I was like just running in place. I was headlining, making decent money. My ticket sales weren't going up. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, I kind of knew what I was going to make every week, right? And then uh, I opened up for Mike Epps in Houston in April 2010. And the next, like, Monday, they called, uh, Mike and his people called, and they was like, you know, Mike's doing this thing called Live from the Nokia, and he wants you to be on it. 
and I go, okay, um, how much and everything. And they're like, I'll never forget it. They go, well, it's, it's not a lot because, you know, this is new. So it's $2,500. Mm-hmm. I don't live in L.A., so I got to fly myself there. I got to put myself up mm-hmm. and and get to and from the venue. And I was like, oh, I was supposed to be in Columbia, South Carolina that weekend. And I'm canceled on a week's notice. And all I said was, is Jeff Clanagan going to be there? Because Clanagan was the one that was doing the Shaq All-Star Comedy Jams. And he wasn't from that familiar with me. I said, if you guys can promise me he watches my set, I'll do it. That's all I ask. Just don't let him get distracted. Make sure he watches. Promise. Great. So I get there. And a lot of people know, know, know about Life of the Nokia. There was like 10 comics on the show. And they told us, they go, only six are going to make the DVD. So oh. if you're not on, if you didn't make it, that's just because. You, you just wasn't funny. It, I don't know if it wasn't funny or you wasn't funny. They, we we just picked the six. Yeah, yeah. I ended up headlining it. I was going last. And then when it, when it posted, I went last. So it was one of those things where I got off stage and the hair started staying off at the back of my neck. Like, oh, fuck, that was a perfect 20 minutes. Oh, you just felt great about it. I, in your bones, you feel like something changed. Like the energy, like the universe kind of shifted a little bit. Uh-huh. And I went, oh, fuck, that was a perfect 20. And the first joke was off the dome, not planned, because Morris Chestnut was in the audience. And I go, oh, shit, Morris Chestnut. I go, hey. You ever watch Boys in the Hood think the ending's going to change? <laughs> <laughs> and I go, you be thinking Ricky might live. For some reason, you be rooting for like, don't go down the alley. They're coming, Morris, in a small car. Yeah. And the crowd just like lost it. And that's the first time I did the black, white church bit. And there was like three solid bits that were like signature bits. Yeah. It just stuck out. And that 20 minutes was like perfect. So I get off and Clanning goes, hey, man, it was a good 20. And he's talking to me for a long time in the green room afterwards. And then they sent me to Okinawa to do a military base. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> with the Shaq All-Star. Oh, sweet. Sure. And Jeff said, I want to see him. I want to see him overseas first. Tell me how he does. Some, tell me how to work with. And so he, there was a girl named Tamara Goins who now works at Innovative. Yeah, I know Tamara. I, I was at Innovative for a second. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So while Tam- she was there, yeah, I left when she, you know, Tamara was like the the girl that, yeah. that took care of all the comics. So she was in Japan. She reported back to Jeff said I was good. Next thing you know, I'm on the Shack tour, and and then f- right when I get on the Shack tour. And they're gonna do my show. They're gonna do a Showtime special. They did the one called True Story for me. Right. I get think like a man all within mm. like a nine month period. And I'll, I'll never forget April, 2010. I went, Oh shit. And then the numbers start going up. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. then everything just kind of from there, that was like, and then there was no, and then I guess there was no idea in your, in your mind at that point. Cause I guess being in it, you weren't thinking to yourself, I probably should be trying to get white people here. That wasn't even a thought process. I'm just like, I'm happy to have people in the room. Yeah, 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 exactly. And my job is, no matter if you're white or black, it's to bring you into my world and make you feel comfortable. Yeah. So I'm still going to talk about my wife's black, the kids are mixed. There's been times I went on stage, and I don't even bring up race. And because a lot of people be like, oh, you just talk about his black wife and black kids. You know, yeah. you, your people on the internet say this stuff. And I'll be like, so I'll literally be like, watch this. And I'll, there was a, I did a showcase in L.A. one time, and I my manager was there, and uh, it was a new wave that was a, the agency, the management company yeah, at the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I went on stage, and the guy goes, "You didn't do any black white shit." And I go, "Yeah, I know," because I was looking in the audience. There was no right. black people there. Yeah. And then he goes, "That was crazy," because you're talking about your wife. He goes, "And in my brain, I had a black woman pictured." 
but you never said she was black. <laughs> and I, oftentimes I notice that when people are like, man, all you do is talk about black, your, your black wife. I go, no, 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 no. I say my wife's black. And then that's what's in your brain when I say man, husband, wife shit. You're picturing a black woman. Uh, but I'm not saying my black wife the whole show. Right. I'm just going, yeah, my wife does this. My wife does, yeah. And yeah. she don't do this. And, you know, she ain't sucking dick like she used to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In your brain, you have a black woman. Yeah. But I'm not saying black wife, you know. I'm just happy to have an audience. I know. Man. I can tell. But I, I realize that you're not the one with the problem. It's everybody else that has their perception of what they want it to be. And it's not, it's not, yeah, and it's not even like. And you're so white, white too. That's the other thing about yeah. it, too. Yeah. And black, I mean? black people don't have the problem. Right. I never have issues with, I, I mean, you always got the internet trolls, but I'm talking about live and, and just walking around the streets. Black people have no problems with me at all. Mm-hmm. And it's always like, like, like white people that get offended. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't happen a lot, but when it does, it's white people. Yeah, or people like, outside the circle. Yeah, like, why are you mad about yeah, that? Yeah, what are you mad about? Nobody else is. Yeah, yeah. You know? I like to say I know how I know how far to push the envelope without going too far. I'm never going to do a, a Michael Richards. Right. It just won't happen. You know what I mean? Right, right. You've all yeah. You I, you know it's funny. I've never heard that about you. Like I've never been like you know you know Gary said this one night. You know you know that was and that's the time that in the middle of a killer set where the whole crowd's going to go. <gasps> Yeah, no. That's, that's no. how they think it's going to happen. You no. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Too far. Yeah, yeah. No, no. I've always like, I just, it's not like, it's not like I've thought about it. It's just, I just, I don't know. It's just like a, a seven cents. Like, you know, mm. don't, don't go there. Yeah. It's not worth it. Yeah, it's you know like, I mean? yeah, it's not your fault. This is your crowd. This is your audience. And, you know, they love you for it. And, and, and look at you. You're doing your thing. You know, it's, it's, it's been successful and it's continued to go. I mean, we're, we're in the kind of business that it doesn't stop. There's no end. We're just looking for the next thing. Yeah. But it's funny how like when you say go to the comedy store and I'm I'm kind of like a Bigfoot. Like there's sightings of me. But it's funny how the how I remember that day. Remember that day that you were there and I was like, look, what I is really he doing here? I was no, but I was really thinking about it like, damn, like you really should be in here. And I understand that it's just like one of those weird, like you just it just you just bypassed that part of the come up. Yeah. You know? But it, it lets me know, like, uh, it's funny how even though I I'm doing great on the road and selling tickets and everything, like, w- w- the, the I was, we was talking about the Brian Callen thing, mm. which is funny. I, I really want to do their podcast, uh, Fighter and the kid. kid, yeah, because of it. And I, I was listening to podcasts before that, and uh, Brendan and Callen when he said that, and then Callen took it back. Goes, I didn't hear that about him. That was I don't know why I said that. <laughs> And and then Brian uh, or Brendan was like, yeah, I think that guy had a Showtime special once. <laughs> like when he said a Showtime special once, I went, that's what they're gonna say about him. I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but literally, I was like, this, dang, I am I really them. out the loop. Like, yeah. like those guys have no idea, dude. But when I go to New York, I feel like that. Like when I go to New York, I'm not in with the seller people. Yeah, I'm not. That's not. I'm. Not, I've gone. I've talked to Etsy one time. I was sitting there with her, and she was like, "You know, if you're in town, hit me up for spots." I tried to email her one time, like, "Hey, I'm gonna come to New York." Nothing. Like, send me a clip, and I'm like, "It's like, okay, here's a clip from my special that's on TV." It's like, but it doesn't matter. I know from being at the comedy store, they nobody cares. Nobody cares what your credits are, what you do. It's about mm-hmm. being in like a certain community and how you ingratiate yourself into that community is really what it's about. So, but I heard the comedy store is dope now. Oh, like I great. heard like from what it used to be. Mm-hmm. I heard now like it's very supportive. And it is, but it's like it's still like a clicky. It's, it's still a click. Yeah, it's, it's very click. clicky. Yeah, there's a clicks. 
Yeah. Not just click. Yeah, it's not just one click. It's like yeah, a bunch of these clicks. Very much like, you know, high school. Those are the nerds. Those are the podcasters. You oh, know, really? It's like that. Yeah. Those are, the fa- those are the famous people. So I'm the guy that, that moved to the high school and like was there for like a couple months. I'm like, what happened to that dude? Oh, he's homeschooled now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you we were had, homeschooled. Yeah. We had, like a, we had like a boys' home at my school. So it was funny. Like, we didn't have no, we had very few black kids at my high school. But every time you get in the paper and somebody gets in trouble in the towns around us, we're like, we got a black guy coming. Like if a black guy got in trouble at another school, I go, we got a black guy coming to football. So you team. didn't grow up around black people. Mm-mm. So when did it? When did it click? Mil- military. Well, oh. I, I I don't say that because one of my best friends is was was a black guy. He moved to my school in tenth grade, and we really like he was like my boy. Mm. And uh, I remember he had a Rastafarian on, and I didn't know what it what it meant. And I go, hey, that's a cool necklace. Can I wear it? He goes, no, you, I don't think you can. I go, why not? And I like, he gave it to me one night at a at a, a school dance, and uh-huh. I'm walking around going, this fucking next is cool as fuck. <laughs> I had no idea the significance and, of it. And that was the first time people went, look at this dude who's right. trying to be black. <laughs> look at this. Yeah, no, I was like this. This necklace is all right, man. It had like a heart and some kind of African colors on it or something, man. Like it's like this. I like it. So probably if there were more black people around in your high school. You probably would have connected. You know, well, with- you know, it's that. And then uh, I, I don't want to name drop, but I will. I had, a, I had a development deal with Quincy Jones like 18 years ago, 19 years ago. Mm. And it was it was, it was was one of the best experiences I ever had, even though the TV show didn't go anywhere. But I always got to go to his house and talk. And it was like therapy sessions because mm. Quincy's very much into where are you from and how did you end up liking black people and all this other stuff? Yeah, it's, it's, it's very curious. So we really started just talking and opening up and I go, well, um, I you know, I never had any issues with black guys growing up. I go, the white man in my life was, was awful. My stepdad's just an awful human being. Got you. Stuff like that. And I go, but I had a guy that used to babysit me and he was a black dude that worked with my mom. And I go, I would go to his apartment and he had like, he had all girls. And so it was like three girls, his wife and him. And I just remember like they wouldn't make me eat food that I didn't like. Like they made like peas and corn one time. And I go, I don't, I don't really like peas. They go, well, don't eat then. Yeah. <laughs> and they go, Mama, he don't like peas. Yeah. I remember the one girl, the whole thing. The one girl like yelled in the back, Mama, he don't like peas. <laughs> and then he goes, All right, what's he like? <laughs> and then I was like, Well, I like cream corn. Well, give us some extra cream corn then. Yeah. <laughs> so and then we went to the pool. They live in an apartment building, right? And the, it was one of them pools in the middle. Yeah. And I remember I jumped in. I'm like six years old. I'm swimming. I go, dang, mama, he swim good. <laughs> <laughs> this is amazing. This is what it was. And so my Your first. Your formative years. Yeah, like that dude, his name was Sonny. Fuck, man. And I, I used to talk about there was an ice cream truck driver. I used to drive through the trailer park, too. Black dude. And I've always said in my act, his name was Sonny, but it was like a hybrid. Gotcha. I don't really remember his name. But I do remember he was cool, and he looked like Sonny. Uh, they both had, like, the small fro's, like the the, the Lionel Jefferson oh, fro. Oh, dignified, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and so I made it like a hybrid. And then, uh, he was so cool, all the kids in the trailer park, the ice cream truck driver. Man, if you was short, you give a fuck. And, it, and the crazy part, his daughters would be in the ice cream truck driver with him. So it was like every time I saw the, the two black guys that I would say adults that I was in contact with, in my formative years was the dude that babysat me uh-huh. and then the ice cream truck driver. And they were good dads. There you go. You know what I mean? That's so the stereotypes never connected with me. And my stepdad is every bad black stereotype. <laughs> black guys are lazy. I'm like, but nah, he's white. He's white. <laughs> when I hear black guys, I'm like, Rod's fucking lazy. 
You know, guys, black guy can get a job. They don't want a job. No, Ryan can get a job. Who the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. You talking about Ryan or black yeah. people? Yeah. You know? So I think in, in my brain, I was very trustworthy of, of black men, especially growing up. Like, wow. I trusted them. Yeah, you you just really, yeah, that's just completely. Even black women because my my first grade teacher was a black lady. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then my second grade teacher was a black lady. And my third grade teacher was a black lady. And this is why you Mrs. married. Mrs. Eights. Why you married Mrs. to a black Lucky, woman now? <laughs> what was hell was on? Okay, uh, Mrs. Lucky was second grade. Mrs. Eights was third grade. What the hell was my my first grade teacher's name? God damn it. I can't remember. But they were all nice to me. Well, Miss Lucky was kind of. She was kind of rough what around the teachers? edges. <laughs> yeah, she was a teacher. But Miss Eights and, and my first grade, they were great. So that's amazing. Like all the best influences in your life, all the all the ones that had a, a major impact on your life that that stayed with you and touched you, they were all black people. Mm-hmm. You know? Your teachers, the ice cream truck guy, your, your, the your guy that babysat. babysat you. It's like it's crazy. So I'm not surprised then. That, you know, this, I gravitated. This is it. You yeah. gravitated towards that and didn't even realize it probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean? and, and even when I got in the Navy, I was 17. My bunkmate, his name was Copera Washington from South Carolina, and he got some pictures mailed from home. And he was like on a John Deere tractor. He was on a farm. I go, what is this? You on vacation? He goes, no, nah, man, that's where I live. I go, black people don't live on farms. I'm from the Midwest. Black people live in the cities, right? He goes, man. He called this brother from Alabama, his brother from Mississippi, his brother from Georgia. Gary, tell him what you just told him. I go, black people don't live on farms. And it was like a do the right thing. Then everyone went, oh, this dude. And then they all was from the country. I go, what the fuck? You got, yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. You guys Bill Hay? So now I'm having conversations because in the summertime, I worked on farms. Wow. I worked on a strawberry farm. And I picked strawberries one year, and then I bailed hay. And I was a, I was a, this sounds bad. I was doing a sheep co-op where I took care of eight sheep one summer. <laughs> Sheared them, walked them, fed them. Wow. You know, and I was in future, I was in FFA in high school, Future Farmers of America. Dang. And, and so it's just funny because now I'm sitting here talking to this black guy about farming stuff. Right. Uh, and boot camp. And like, that was my duty. Took care of me. I felt, and I felt so bad because the guy, he really taught me how to make my bed, which sounds simple. He taught me how to fold the clothes right, make my no, bed. No, he, he was like, we was like Forrest and and Bubba Gump. Yeah, like but you were just, Bubba Gump, <laughs> right? Yeah, kind of. But he was like, he just showed me everything, and I'll never forget the last inspection. You know, um, which in hindsight wasn't a big deal. Nobody got rolled back. Nobody got kicked out. But he got in trouble for some reason. He didn't fucking make his bed right because mm-hmm. they take the ruler out and everything. And really, I just remember. Like they said, Gary, and I helped him make his bed and he helped me make mine. We're buckmates. We're not supposed to, but if you yeah, ain't yeah. cheating, you ain't trying. And, right, and right, right. And I'll never forget, I was thinking, was it my fault that his bunk wasn't made right? Because, you know, he's on the right side, I'm on the left. We're just making uh-huh. the sheets and the hospital corners and everything. And I just remember I walked, they go, you're good, Owen. I passed the inspection. I walked into this room and I look back and like four D, well, they were called company commanders, like drill instructors. Right. Here they they just swarmed Copera and they was all right here just yelling at him. You can't follow directions. Yeah, and I remember he was just standing there looking at me like, and what I was did, like, did I wanted to come. What did you do to my I, corners? Literally, I wanted to come back and be like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> but in hindsight, we both graduated on time. They right, did. It was right. all mind game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But at that moment, I was like, oh fuck. I remember like I was like literally like had a headache. Like, what the fuck am I gonna do to Copera? And what uh, what branch of the military? Were you Navy. You in the Navy? I was like, what are I gonna do to Washington? Fuck. And then afterwards, I was like, dude, I'm sitting there pausing. I go, dude, don't worry about it, man. No big deal. It's my fault. He was so like, it was always his fault. 
Not a big deal. My stepfather was Navy Reserve 30 years. Oh, really? Yeah. I always say like the Navy guys, we don't deserve those homecomings <laughs> that you see at the football games and basketball games. <laughs> because Marines and Army, they're on the front line. They're in the shit. There's bullets whizzing by their head. They could step on a landmine. They could die. Navy guys were on a fucking ship mm-hmm. in the middle of the ocean. We're playing dominoes on Tuesday. There's a space turn on Thursday. There's movie night. You got almost made. To- if you can have Captain Crunch and you can gain weight during war, you didn't go to war. <laughs> when you go, when you leave, yeah. If you get fat in the middle fighting, of the ocean, you come wrong. back 15 pounds heavier. That you didn't go to war, player. Yeah. You had Captain Crunch for breakfast. I went to where did I go? I didn't go to like Afghanistan or any place. I went to like Kosovo or or Sarajevo or where mm-hmm. like someplace. And then like uh, it was it was like it wasn't the USO. It was the MWR department. Yeah, MWR. Yeah, Morale, the, welfare, yeah. and recreation. So and I went to like I remember, I remember it was during World Cup and it was like a, it, we were on a, we were on an E four base. You know the you're and I like those bases better. What's the E four base? The European um, base, oh, okay. European forces. Oh, okay. So they had this uh, American base that they were about to close down, and so the, and then so we went over to the you know E four base because they had the U S troops there too. But it was like this, you know, you had all the different like you know it's like France, England, Spain. You know they had all these different places, and it was I remember that World Cup. It was uh, I think it was Italy versus France in that World Cup. You know, so the, those troops were on. You know, they were like. Ah! You know, with each other. Oh wow! You know, but I remember doing a, like a little. It wasn't a lot of American troops, but I did a little set and like the the, the lead. They were all from Texas. They were all Texas Rangers. Mm-hmm. You know, at, in this particular place, and the, and the, the lead guy was this black guy from Texas, and he came in late to the show, and I just was giving it to him, and all of the troops just were like, ah, they just loved it. Like, because finally somebody's getting on his case. Yeah. You know? But I just remember that military experience of like, they just loved, like, you know, you just sit with them at lunch and just talk about what's going on at home and just, just be, have a little piece of, yeah, have, have a little piece of home, you know. But it was like, you know, it's strange, you know, because on the, on the US base, they have to carry guns at all times hmm. over there. But on the, U, on the other base, you know, it didn't. And there, there was beer, there wasn't no any alcohol in that other yeah. base, just strong ass coffee. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I remember they had, like I said, really strong, strong, you know, motherfucker. You know, it was like that kind yeah. of like, you know. But um, I'm glad I, that's it. I think that, do you think that the military led to your work ethic? Like, you know. Oh, you, yeah. You carry that into like everything? It helped tremendously. Oh, you got to go soon? Um, no, I'm just, yeah. Well, shit, we've been on a while. And that's what I'm trying um, to tell you. We're going to no, get on. Uh, we're gonna end it. It, I mean, it <laughs> helped for, for where I came from in a trailer park in Ohio. Oh, sure. To... to to where I'm at, I was like, yeah, it definitely helped. Because I always said, like, growing up, like, I didn't know what I wanted, where I wanted to go. I just know where I didn't want to be. Mm. I didn't want to be stuck in that trailer park my whole life. And right. at that time, I was like, how do I get out? I tried to run away my junior high school and my buddy Derek Callahan. I remember I go, I told him, I go, take me to the bus station. I'm going to go to L.A. I'll make it. I'm funny. And he was like this. He goes, huh? I go, I'm funny. I'll make it. And then I stopped and got goober grape, the peanut butter and jelly mixed, and a loaf right. of bread. You like, and yeah. I had a thermos, and I go, okay, I'll just drink water from the drinking fountain, and I'll eat peanut butter and jelly until I get to L.A. I'll make it. That's a loaf of bread. And I figured that was going to get me here. And we went down to the bus station, and we had like 13 bucks between us. They said, you can get to Louisville. I go, fuck. I can go back to the trailer park. <laughs> I got to save up some more lunch money, man. Yeah. Well, you know what? You did it. Look at you. A long, a long way from the trailer park, and here you are. So I know, what, right? So what's coming up next? You got anything in the pipeline? Um. Yeah, I got. I just taped my next Showtime special. I taped it three weeks ago in San Antonio. It's cool. called Doing What I Do. 
When does that it, come out? Uh, they just gave me fourth quarter of this year. So it could be October, November, December. All right. So look for that. Uh, I got two films. One's Undercover Brother 2. Mm. But Eddie Griffin's not in this one. No. It's Michael J. White's the lead. Oh, wow. He's like a cool undercover. It's almost like a Dolomite almost. Yeah, yeah. And then Meet the Blacks 2. Oh, uh, they, we just got pushed to February, though. We're coming out Black History Month. But that's actually a funny role, man, because I play a paraplegic ex-war veteran, avid Trump supporter that lives in a black neighborhood. <laughs> and I don't take no shit off any of the, any of the people in the neighborhood. That <laughs> and I got this badass Instagram model wife, Jenna uh-huh. Frooms. Like, she's like that chick on the internet. Right. And she's my wife. So they're always, the guys are always coming over to hang out just yeah. to see her plant the garden and shit. That's dope, man. I'm glad you, listen, you're doing yeah. well. I'm glad you, I really appreciate you coming on. Um, oh, I got my own podcast. Eight, right, yeah, talk about that. My podcast is just hashtag get some. I'm going to have all it's of the, I'm, on the look, if you look in the description, you're going to see all that stuff. Every place you can find Gary, it's going to be right there. Uh, and sir, I, look, I thank you for coming on. Uh, this was great. I mean. We should I, call this one Bitching with Griffin. I know. Not Riffin with Griffin. <laughs> Bitching with, I get a, bitchin I get, I get with Griffin. I'm going to get my. <laughs> Bitching with Griffin. And yeah. <laughs> and I come in right at the end. And Gary. And Gary. Yeah. <laughs> woo, 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 woo. Go ahead and go Bitching with Griffin. <laughs> <laughs> Two bitching with Griffin. <laughs> bitching with Griffin. And Gary. <laughs> like we're a radio show, you know. Right. Woo, woo, woo in the morning. Four, <laughs> 45.5. Yeah. Morning just got a lot sexier <laughs> with Gary. <laughs> I hate doing morning radio. But anyway, um, this has been Gary Owen. And once again, guys, thanks for uh, watching. And su- please subscribe and like and share. Make sure you go check out all of Gary's links and go check out his podcast. And I really appreciate you coming on, sir. And I appreciate you guys watching. And uh, see you guys next week.